this week, we're going to have a conversation about an exciting platform that you may be familiar with, The Bridge Club, and some of the topics they're tackling over there, including the relationships between veterinarians and groomers, this week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And some of the tough topics we've covered over the last six years include things like how do we get along with paraprofessionals, groomers, trainers, and so forth out there. Well, this week, we're going to have a little bit of an insight into that with a guest today, but we're also going to talk about what she's doing to promote conversations like this in the profession. But before we get into all of that, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, today's guest is someone that you and I both have worked with over the years. She does some exciting stuff, but maybe tell the viewfinders who we're going to be speaking with. So honestly, she's one of my favorite people. I feel like I kind of say that a lot, but that's the joy of having a (laughs) podcast, right? I get to pull my favorite people together. And we've been working on this guest for a while. So Miss Catherine Haskins, you guys probably know her as the face, the voice, the being around the Bridge Club. But... I don't know that you guys know how amazing and in-depth, you know, all of her experience and knowledge goes. She's been in this industry really for more than 25 years, and she is an expert in helping product launches. She's an expert in strategic partnerships, but she's just really great at strategic communication. And her ability to help assist organizations navigating internal, external conversations is what led her to creating the Bridge Club. And I'm going to let her tell that story. But today we get to welcome Ms. Catherine Haskins. Thanks so much for being here. Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful to be here. That was the greatest intro I think I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> well, yeah, Catherine, it's awesome. it's all true and well-deserved. Yeah. I mean, you've done a lot of remarkable things. I don't think people fully understand the impact you've had in the profession. And maybe that's a good place to start. Explain to us, you know, how you ended up in the veterinary world. So it's interesting. My career began in public relations. I went to college, was going to do public relations and journalism. And then, you know, I worked with a couple of really large agencies and had the fortune experience, which is now known as the Kansas City Corridor, landing a job with Fleshman Hillard in Kansas City. And it's I had never worked in animal health before, but they were on the verge of losing a position that they had bucketed to have hired in their agricultural division. And so when they hired me and they said, we're going to put you in agriculture, I said, other than mowing a lawn and eating food, that's the extent (laughs) of my agricultural background. (laughs) And so so they actually brought me on to bear animal health. And I had a distinct pleasure of being able to work with some of the most amazing professionals, many of whom are still within the profession, but have moved on from bear. And they really took me under their wing and introduced me to all aspects of this business. And actually, I got to play a role in the forming of the corridor in Kansas City. And then later moved to Chicago and worked with Edelman, continued my animal health career and working at the C-suite level with pharmaceutical companies. And then it was as a result, I was actually a part of the Partnership for Preventative Pet Health. I think that's what the final name became, and uh, worked uh, with executives all across the profession there, and then also with the Veterinary Nurse Initiative. So I've been behind the scenes for many years, and then it wasn't until literally probably five years into my career did the Bridge Club start informally, 
And then we formally founded it five years. We are five years old um, and making this uh, something for the entire profession to connect and engage with. Yeah. And, and again, viewfinders, if you're not familiar with some of the names that she mentioned, Eidolon and, and Fleischman Hillier and all that, these are really, they represent, they do PR, they do marketing, they do a lot of communication and outreach for the largest of the veterinary pharmaceuticals, food and so forth. I mean, I know Becky and I have worked with them in a wide variety of capacities. So it's kind of one of those things that you don't often hear about, like in general practice or in regular veterinary medicine, but there's a lot of important things that are happening behind the scenes. So, so oh, Catherine, yes. you know, I mean, it's it's fascinating, again, your, your story with that. Now, explain to me why the Bridge Club, like, okay, right, you've got this now wealth of experience. You've been doing it a while. You've touched on lots of different facets of the profession. So what compelled you to say, well, let's do this new thing? So what we found in every time we go to a conference and practitioners will see the same thing. We've They have met their alumni, college uh, friends that they meet up at a conference with. Professionals do the same thing in the industry, but we found that we were having it harder and harder to see one another. And oftentimes our schedules are so busy with CE, so busy with marketing activities, so busy with other big events that we couldn't see the people that we really care about. And I am very fortunate to have many of my best friends are in veterinary medicine. So this is the one and only time I get to see them. And so what we started to do was rent out a bar and have people come (laughs) together to basically connect and engage. What we found was that was very limited to live only, like if you were in person. And there were people all across this profession that were missing the opportunity of those really amazing conversations that happen when you have a cocktail in hand at a bar. And we wanted to find a way to be able to expand that, but also tackle on such a powerful way, much like you guys do, those issues that need to be brought forward But we wanted people's voices to be heard in those conversations because it seems, and sadly, a lot of decisions are being made by the same people over and over and over again at the direction of the profession. So we wanted to bring in more voices. I love that you, I want to, like, I love that you mentioned that, how you were missing out because it it extrapolates like bigger, right? Because you're even in the same room, like I'll hear little tidbits of conversations that I'm like, Wait, I want to know what they're talking about. Like, <laughs> it's it's like we can't. I wish you could just have um, the ability to take part in, you know, multiply yourself in these rooms and and talk to every single person in there. So even for the folks in the room, you can feel this energy. You get these little tidbits, and then there's always this break of like, okay, we'll we'll pick this up again, right? And then that's the thing Correct. that I guess gets missed out on is when do you pick it up, and and you don't get to. So you guys really get to take the deep dive. We get to take the deep dive. And and one of the things that's very unique about the Bridge Club is that we are cross-functional. So we have veterinary technicians, we have CEOs of companies, we have the sales rep for a pharmaceutical company and a practice owner, a a, practice manager. We have them all in the same conversation. And that's what adds dimension because it's who and their views on an issue that are going to compel us to move forward. I think the biggest deficit that we see in this profession is many decisions are being made specifically about veterinary technicians without veterinary technician involved. Oh, really? Is, is that a thing, Becky? <laughs> Hold on, break news. 
Oh, really? So, so you're I, saying people outside of the veterinary technician profession are deciding their fates. Wow. <laughs> hmm, what a concept. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. So, but for me, you know, and for someone who's not a veterinarian, I should clarify, I'm not a veterinarian. I am not a technician, but I believe strongly in giving the individual voice um, and bringing it forward, I think is critically important. I also believe in doing it in a safe and, and really um, way that's not going to be endangering anybody. Of so course, that's the other big thing yeah. for me is I really believe in in protecting our audience as much as possible. Um, but I do believe that it's okay to disagree. I do believe it's okay to hear all sides of an issue. Um, but we have 40,000 subscribers. So people are able to come into our conversations and they're free. So I'm trying to encourage more people to be like, come on into those conversations because it doesn't cost you anything to actually hear what's happening and give your voice to the future of this profession. And I just, I, I guess I want to say too, to your credit is you've included veterinary technicians in, in the conversation. Um, humble brag. I was on the bridge club. Gosh, like I think in your first year, um, as you included technicians in the conversation. So it, you know, it's really trendy right now. <laughs> kind of, like now it's really, it's like a thing, but you were doing it before it was cool to include technicians. And I always really respected and appreciated that, especially from the outside view of not being someone who's standing in a hospital, being reminded that there are technicians. Um, and again, I, I think that has a lot to do with your friendship circle. Um, you, you are very close friends with a lot of veterinary technicians who are doing a lot of really amazing things. And so kind of moving to focus more on the bridge club in the sense of um, how does this look? So, so, so how are you getting 40,000 people together to have this conversation? Well, part of it is the conversations that we're having. So, you know, for example, we had a conversation last year. It's one of our um, uh, highest attended events, and it was the reality as of being a veterinary technician. And it was for the first time te technicians addressing all the big topics that were currently circulating in 2022 and giving their viewpoint on those topics versus it just being from one direction. You know, we've also had conversations, one of our other really big ones, which was ending the puppy mill battle. And what we did was bring on Mennonites who are actual breeders that had gone through the Purdue certification program. And for them to talk through how difficult that program certification was, but how wow. worth it it was. And for veterinary professionals to be on the call or on the conversation indicating, you know, they've never had a, a puppy come from a store that's ever been healthy. Ever. I literally and did so, not know that that was a thing, that there was a program. Oh, yeah. 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 It's brand no new. It's br yeah. And it was so cool to hear it from a Mennonite's perspective of specifically what it is they had to do. And they admitted uh, as they're going forward, the reason it was so challenging is they had never documented their process ever. And so now they were requ we required for this certification program to document and then they're audited every couple of months to ensure they're following the certification. And they love it because they said, and their quote was, um, a healthy dog does not lie. So in their mind, as they've gone through the process, so that was great because we would have technicians and veterinarians and practice managers on. And the reason we brought that topic forward was so many um, independent breeders come into veterinary practices. And it's an opportunity for the veterinary community to make an impact 
on the breeding community to encourage certifications so we can have healthier dogs as they come along. So it's the conversations that bring people in and they're so varied from the, you know, the idea that we will talk about telemedicine or we will end up talking about, you know, as we've got coming up this groomer conversation, they're so varied. Some of them are spicy. I particularly love those the most. Um, <laughs> some are not as spicy. So it all depends on where people are and what challenges they're facing in their practice or if they're you know, outside of practice and, and they're mobile. So for them to be able to come in, and it's, that's what, how we've been able to you know, generate the attention for people to want to come in. Yeah, and Catherine, I, I love the fact too, and, and again, I, I think spicy is probably not the right term I would use simply because these are important <laughs> topics, right? I mean, the, yeah. these are, the, I mean, and, and, you know, we always talk about the tough topics and, and even that's a bit of a misnomer because these are essential conversations that need to happen. And so I, I love the fact that, you know, you guys are willing to go where some people are uncomfortable because I think that's where, honestly, the change and progress begins, right? It's on that 100%. edge. And so I, I love, you know, again, everything you're about. I, explain a little bit about these icon <laughs> events. And so I think you probably touched on it a little bit, but explain what the Bridge Club Icon events are. So we host two events a year as an opportunity to really honor the profession. And the Icon event takes individuals um, across the profession, whether in leadership positions or within practice, and that have really made a mark, as we would uh, define as icons, as people that are leaving a legacy. And we have already had eight icons uh, in our five years. And I'm excited to announce that we are going to be for our ninth icon, in 2024, and this is a partnership that we have with NADC as well as a key sponsor this year, it is Blue Buffalo, where we're going to be honoring a technician. And we've never done that. We've had CEOs of companies. We've had um, uh, deans of colleges. Most notably, recently, we had uh, Dr. Ruby Perry as our icon and this is going to be our opportunity to really bring forth a technician who has really led this profession and helping develop where we are going. And so this year will be the first time ever that we're going to actually ask for nominations from the veterinary community. Uh, those will be going live here shortly. I think it's June 1st. Our icons will be the first evaluation of all of those nominations. So individuals like John Payne and Kristen Peck with Zoetis, et cetera, will have the opportunity to be able to evaluate based on the icon. And then there'll be a final evaluation by NAVC and the Bridge Club and our sponsor to be able to identify. We host a huge event at NAVC honoring them. And last year was so wickedly amazing. Uh, and Becky was there where Dr. Perry's son interviewed her on stage. So it's a little bit different of an experience of, of how we go about this event. It's really casual and it does focus on the networking, allowing individuals who had never met Dr. Perry before to be able to meet her and those who are you know, longtime fans get to celebrate her as well. So those events are really distinct and different. And then we host our Bright Minds Awards at WVC, where our winners win a cash prize. And that is nominated and voted on by the profession. And so that takes place with WVC. So I'm really excited about that one that takes place in February. So those nominations open up in October. Which, um, let me just take another <coughs> opportunity to humble brag. Uh, <laughs> the, the Veterinary Industry Giving Tree was the first year recipient yes. of the Bright Minds Award. And it is 
it is truly my flex in life. Like yeah, I, yeah. I have, it's every time anybody asks me what I'm proud of or, you know, any of those things, it is always a tree. And you have been ground, you know, when we broke ground on the tree, you were there and you are not only um, supporting the tree from day one, but hosting a very special event upcoming at AVMA in support of the tree. I don't know if you want to talk about that. We can, can, we can. Absolutely. I, I absolutely do. I'm so excited about this. So we have never hosted a benefit networking event. And so on um, July 16th, um, we are having an event where we are going to be raising money for the veterinary industry giving tree. And we actually have all proceeds. I mean, all donations are going to be matched up to $5,000 by Chewy. So we actually are going to have a great opportunity to raise a lot of money uh, for the veterinary industry giving tree. So I could not be more excited. So if you are a Bridge Club uh, Plus member, uh, look for your invitation coming out. If you're really eager and want to come, uh, please reach out to the Bridge Club and we can make sure that we can uh, find you an invitation. But this is an opportunity that to me is incredible to help a lot of people in this profession in need. Yeah, and you two are instrumental in helping so many. So let's get back, though, to the Bridge Club, just regular. How much does it cost to, to like, can you sit in on these these conversations? I mean, I think there's a lot of really important topics you're covering. So how does that work for somebody that might be listening today and say, I'd like to, to go and see what this is all about? So all you have to do is go to our website and register to come. They're all free. The only time that we have a paid membership and that that paid membership is available, I think it's $125, but it's, I think it's really inexpensive for uh, veterinary technicians. We give a deal there. Um, is for our in-person events. It's like, I think it's 35 for vet techs. So we want to be sure that we know exactly who you are and then you're invited to those icon events, the Bright Minds events, the veterinary industry, giving tree event, those types of things are what the paid membership's for. But all of our conversations are 100% free to attend. Yeah, and I think that's important too, Catherine. I mean, obviously, you know, we're kind of a a very much of an independent podcast, you know, we don't have sponsors and all that kind of stuff. But here's the the issue, you know, I think there's a lot of of offerings out there and a lot of paid offerings. And so I really appreciate me personally offering this for free, because I think that if we're going to push the profession towards, you know, sort of the progress that we all think is necessary, then it's important to, to make it as accessible as possible. So again, thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. I love too about the the bridge club is people go prepared to contribute. So we have a lot of introverts. There are a lot of scenarios like I as a speaker, right? Like I I, I talk at a room for a full hour and then I'm like, hey, any questions? And it's like crickets. No one has anything to say. They don't come prepared to engage. The bridge club sets up an environment where people come prepared to engage in a conversation, and um, it feels like a really safe place to do it. So I think that that's a really neat aspect um that it's not like okay who has thoughts there are a lot of thoughts and contributions in the room the other thing i wanted to take a second um miss catherine is you keep saying we and so i want to take a second just to say who are the we when we're talking about the bridge club i know there's you yourself and and you right but there is also <laughs> some other amazing folks involved So I think it's really important to say that the Bridge Club is not mine. The Bridge Club is the professions. And that's really, really important um, because if it weren't for the profession, this would not be moving forward. Um, We have an incredible group of individuals that work with us. Most notably, two people that I want to call out are 
um, Dr. Cheryl Good. Many people know her as a former uh, past president for the NABC, as well as a founding member of the VVCA. And she also is a former practice owner in Michigan, still practicing. She serves as our chief medical officer. So she ensures that when we do have conversations and anything that turns to the education and knowledge that only veterinarians would have, she is the one who's able to uh, jump in and address that. And we also have an incredible uh, Shannon Nowak, who is our lead on all educational items. She is um, an RVT, LVT, and also has her bachelor's degree as well. She is the one that makes sure that we are, in fact, asking those tough questions. I would say she's my asker of questions. Um, and she's the one that really makes sure that we are looking at every topic from a 360-degree view. So those two individuals. And then I have you know, I have great people behind the scenes that help us. But I also want to thank every single person who's ever picked up the phone when I call and say, hey, will you help us with this conversation? And they do. And so, and Becky, you are one of them. There are so many technicians and veterinarians. Um, you know, I just had a great, we had a great conversation this last week um, talking specifically to consumers. And we had Dr. Abel Garcia uh, Gonzalez. He is phenomenal in talking about all the creepy crawlies. And so he was jumped on, no problem. He's with uh, Fuzzy and he was like, I'll totally help out. What do you need? And I loved it. So every person who's ever jumped in, I really want to thank them because they make the Bridge Club. And a uh, little shout out, Shannon is also the, I think um, she's the secretary of the North Carolina Association yeah. of Veterinary yes, Technicians. Yes, she is. Yes, yes. Yeah, Sorry, so just that. a little yes, extra yes, yes, plug yes. for all the things she's out there doing for the Tech Association. Um, and Dr. Good is just one of the most amazing. So you have an amazing team behind you. And this amazing team is pushing a conversation that we brought up a while ago on the Veterinary Viewfinder because it is an amazing opportunity it is an important conversation and it's an important alliance in the veterinary profession. So tell us a little bit about this groomer conversation that you have up and coming April 19th, if I'm correct. Yes, it is. April 19th, free to attend this conversation. Uh, when I went to Super Zoo this past year for the first time ever, I was blown away right when I walked in the door that a groomer said, we are the second most important human in a pet's life next to their owner. And I stopped and paused and I thought, is that is that true? And as I started doing research, and our research has been very, very extensive, we have actually talked with the AKC. They are going to be on this conversation. We've talked with PetSmart. We've talked with independent groomers. There are over 300,000 people that are currently groomers in the United States. It is in over a $2 billion industry. And uh, groomers touch 81% of all dogs at least once a year. Now, I go to a groomer. My dog goes to the groomer six times a year, small dog. And they're touching Lily more than my veterinarian is, Dr. Johnson. And so this is an incredible opportunity. Why aren't we embracing this? Well, I found out why we're not. <laughs> that was part of the, the learning curve for me was the lack of credentialing. And the interesting component is I can hang a, um, a shingle or a sign today and say, I'm a groomer without any training. But if they're touching our dogs more and they're also beginning to give recommendations to pet owners that is adverse to what the veterinarian re would recommend, there needs to be a tighter dialogue there. So this conversation is going to, is invited, we are inviting groomers to join this conversation as well. This is not meant to put any profession down, but rather how can we work together in a more thoughtful way? We have a groomer and a veterinarian that will be joining us talking about 
their relationships and where they see their individual lines to cross over where they should and should not be crossing over, if you will. And it's an interesting opportunity of how to build a bridge that can actually be mutually beneficial for both businesses. And ironically enough, it doesn't cost any money. And it's all about the communication between the two. Many groomers tell pet parents, go see your veterinarian about this. But they never call the veterinarian to say, hey, listen, we just saw Lily. And for the practice to get engaged and to help drive that, that ongoing uh, you know, engagement with the pet owner. Many practices, I believe it's only about 3% of practices have grooming on site. So if you're talking about the 97% of other practices, do they have a relationship with their groomers that are local? Do they know what credentialing that they have, what other training that they have, who they're affiliated with? It's fascinating to see there's an opportunity for this cross-functional relationship to engage and for people to develop a real strong trusting relationship that is mutual. So I'm excited for us to bring this one forward. We will be addressing the credentialing. We will be addressing some of the pain points that veterinarians have, and also just the overall need for groomers to just be recognized and as what they do and the role that they play in a pet's life. So I'm excited for this one. Um, This one's going to be pretty uh, interesting, but we do have, like I said, AKCs involved. We've been talking with PetSmart. PetSmart sees like 30% of all grooming, which is very interesting. You you know, oh, that is, I can believe that. And I am the person who stands there and watches it all day. (laughs) I I love to see it, but they're always hopping, right? I've never gone by there and they don't have two or three dogs on the table. So I I think it's such an important part, what you you mentioned. And and I think this is the part that I've tried to drill into people I've interacted with is these folks are going to see our patients three, six to 12 times more than we do in most cases, right? Obviously there's, it's it's not always the case, but when when we think about pets who are being groomed regularly, having this relationship with groomers is so important. And I hate to say it, but I feel like so regularly the people quote unquote professionals we're recommending are the ones who come by with a plate of cookies at Christmas and some brochures and they throw them up in the lobby. And then when our clients are asking us for recommendations, we're saying, um, we've got some brochures in the lobby, but we really probably know nothing about the groomer themselves that we're recommending other than they brought some brochures. Correct. Correct. And that's critical because there are multiple grooming uh, certifications. You know, what PetSmart puts their groomers through is very different than what the AKC will put their groomers through. And in this conversation, what we are hoping to do is really create an alliance, if you will. We've actually even talked with the AVMA and their relationship with the grooming organizations and trying to really dig through where is the opportunity. I mean, if I had my dream, this will never happen, but if I had my dream, why couldn't an organization, one of the big conferences, actually bring groomers in? for a veterinary approved certification program and enable a grooming competition to take place at a conference. Do you know the line that would be out the door for people to see that? Honestly, I argue that it like, and I say argue in a positive way. I don't know if you use the word argue, but like I know a lot of technicians who do grooming on the side, right? Because most technicians need supplemental income. 
I would imagine, I know for myself, if you offered me an opportunity at a conference to go to do that, just because it was in front of me, I would 100% do it just, just like for fun. I I don't have a, a grooming intention, but just to know how to do that. I can say the first time I ever shaved a cat in practice, um, it was like, Oh, it's here for a lion cut. I was like, cool. Picked, <laughs> picked, picked up the clippers in front of me and went to town. Well, it turns out the blade that you use for surgery is not the blade that you use. For a <laughs> not quite, not quite. A 40 so is like different than a one. Way through it, I was like, this looks really short. <laughs> and, uh, so um, oh my luckily, gosh. my last two years of high school, I completed um, hairdressing school. And so I grabbed some other clippers and made sort of a fade, did the best that I could to compensate and never groomed another cat in my life. Um, but I recently met a, a lady in San Antonio who does cat grooming for a living. It's like, it's, it's her practice. She has 11 employees. She's a uh, Carolyn's mobile grooming. She comes to you. And I wanted to, um, touch on that because there is financial opportunity of having groomers in clinic. And then there's an amazing opportunity of knowing mobile groomers for our more stressed patients. But I can think of so many health-related needs, especially when it comes to cats and grooming. We have a lot of old arthritic cats, overweight cats who can't groom. and, And at that point, it is part of their emotional wellness. So I really think we can't underestimate the importance of these guys in the actual overall mental and emotional health of our patients. And I don't think people under uh, like pet owners don't recognize the importance of it. Um, in fact, there was a study done just recently about trying to include groomers in as uh, for access to care, and that they have indications that people will go to the groomer before they will actually go to their veterinarian because they feel they're getting the the teeth brushed that that's enough for the the uh, that's all they need to do for their teeth. They're, they're getting their toenails clipped. That's all they need to do. And someone's checking their skin. So there's there's a huge element of, are they a part of access to care? They were soon seen as um, essential workers uh, during COVID. Not all of them. There were many states that took uh, a while to do it, but retail, um, any retail uh, establishment was. So the role they're playing in overall pet care is increasing and they are going to be more a part of the dialogue. Access to care is a massive conversation in this profession right now, and they're not in it when we talk about it. Yeah. And again, viewfinders, we've we've talked about this multiple times. You know, Becky, I was looking back at as far as early as August of 2017, we had a conversation called Non-Veterinary Pet Paraprofessionals, Enemies or Allies. And and basically over the, the years, Catherine, what we've tried to do is, is share the way I reached out to my community because I wanted I wanted to be allies with these folks because like Becky said, they're seeing them more than me. And I didn't want them giving advice that I thought could potentially be harmful. So we really fostered those bonds and it benefited us on so many levels. So I, I would encourage you if you want to kind of hear some of my thoughts, go back and listen I to some totally of those old I'm gonna do episodes. Because uh, again, you know, 2017, Becky, that's a long time ago now. <laughs> it's so weird. It's, <laughs> it's so, so weird, weird isn't it? But but it's but it's it's who you are. And again, as professionals, <laughs> I'm, you know, I think Becky and I have 
done a really good job of trying to communicate to the viewfinder family that we want to build bridges, just like you guys at the Bridge Club. We want to build these these relationships out there in the real world. And I think groomers are an important part of that for sure. And I think they can be beneficial. I think that, you know, we, what we also need to do is teach them what is good and not, uh, because like you mentioned, toothbrushing and cleaning and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and some of those really are, are highly inappropriate uh, and, and potentially illegal in, in some states. So yeah, I just, I really want to thank you guys for pushing that conversation forward as well. I know viewfinders, if you want to go back and listen to some of those old episodes, or maybe you're still listening to us and you'd like to, you know, learn more about us, just start going back. And, and again, it was in August of 2017. I know we had one episode devoted just exclusively to that content, but we've done it a couple of times. So Catherine, as, as we kind of wrap up today's conversation, anything else you want us to know? Where can we go to learn more? You know, how can we get involved? I love the fact that it's free, free, free. Uh, so tell us how, how we can get involved. All you have to do is go to uh, www.thebridgeclub.com and you can register for any of our events for free. Send me an email. Um, my email's on the website as well. Happy to hear of a topic you'd like us to bring forward or if you have any questions. But absolutely, I absolutely adore you guys. This has been incredible. Anything that we can be doing to getting people's voices heard is the most important thing. And so thank you so much for the opportunity to share it. I think I really appreciate you being here. I the like I said, the Bridge Club has had a very personal impact in my life, and so I'm just honored to know you as a person. But just really proud of all the work Aww. you do, and the you know I really appreciate that we find these conversations aligned because I think it validates everybody on both sides that are saying this sounds important, and we know there's a lot of professionals out there who feel these topics are really important. So we want to hear from you guys. Have you been to a Bridge Club event? Post those pictures because <laughs> <laughs> um, we know there are lots of good ones out there. And you can tweet at Becky at uh, BeckyIloveTwitter.com. Oh I think that's yes. what it's called. But you can reach us on Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder, on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder. And I got to tell you, guys, I want to appreciate you guys have been sharing uh, the last several episodes. Uh, there's been some some good conversations. Keep it civil. I saw a couple of comments that were you not. Got a but spicy. but uh, got a little spicy out there, as we say. But I really <laughs> appreciate you guys sharing our, our content and getting these conversations moving out there. I want to thank Catherine Haskins for taking time today, not only to spend it with us, us, but also for all that you're doing to help the, the profession improve. So on behalf of all of us here at the Veterinary Viewfinder, which actually is just me and Becky, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>